Ready to learn, grow, and take your practice to the next level? Let's do this. Welcome, everybody, to ADOM Radio, the podcast for dental managers. I'm your host, John Stamper, and thanks for joining us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode here on ADOM Radio. Hope everybody is having an amazing week. So I have a question for you to get this thing started. What if you could increase the value of your practice 50 to 100% without adding one new patient? Is that possible? Well, we are going to talk today to a guest who is going to share with you his exciting company and the offerings that they have in an effort to help you do this. So on today's episode of ADOM Radio, Clear is very excited to present Dave Monahan, who is their CEO. And Dave and I talked a lot about membership programs, membership plans, insurance, all of that stuff that all of you love, I know, every day. But most importantly, what about that group of uninsured patients and or those patients that want to get the treatment done, but maybe you've been wondering if there was a new creative way to figure out how to help them do that and grow your existing patient base so that you're not always concerned about having to grow via your new patient base. So Dave and I talked about that a lot. So just a little bit about Dave. Uh, Again, he's the CEO of Clear and has a true passion for creating technology-enabled businesses that improve people's lives. Prior to joining Clear, Dave served as the president and CEO of FitLinks, a leader in the wearables market where he created simple, affordable, and connected wearable devices for the medical and sports markets. FitLinks devices enabled patients to monitor and manage chronic conditions and athletes to monitor and improve their performance. FitLinks partnered with over 50 leading fitness and health companies to embed FitLinks devices and data platform into customized applications. While at Microsoft, from 1999 to 2006, Dave developed new product, market, and partnering strategies that helped Microsoft and thousands of Microsoft partners enter new markets and grow. And I'm really excited for you to hear about Dave's time while at Microsoft. He actually spent time with Bill Gates and talks about some of the principles that really helped Microsoft grow and how you can apply that to your dental practice. And he also shares some fun stories as well. I will just give you a hint. It has to do with basketball and somebody else at Microsoft. So anyways, Dave is a graduate of the Pennsylvania State University and Loyola University and resides in greater Philadelphia area. He is married and has three children, ages 12, 14, and 16. When he's not coaching or supporting his kids' activities, he finds time to exercise, travel, and play any sport or competitive activity that he or his friends can dream up. I really enjoyed this time with Dave. Clear's doing some amazing things and offering some great programs that I think you, the dental manager, will benefit tomorrow. So without a further ado, ADOM Radio and Clear presents my sit-down with Dave Monahan. Welcome, everybody, to another episode here on ADOM Radio. So excited to be with you and really excited for our guest to have him share uh, all of his insight and some really cool technology that I think is going to pique your interest. So the title or I guess the summary of uh, our podcast today 
is increase the value of your practice 50 to 100% without adding a new patient. What? No new patients? Come on. So really excited to talk about that. And with me to do that is the CEO of Clear, this really cool company that's doing some great stuff, Dave Monahan. How are you doing, Dave? Uh, great, John. Thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. So excited to have you here on ADOM Radio. So before we get into Dave's story, which is really fascinating, I wanted to go through real quick, uh, just kind of highlight some of the learning objectives that we want to talk about today. Uh, I also have a feeling that Dave and I get off on a tangent that'll be fun to talk about a lot of the things that they're doing. However, uh, as far as some learning objectives, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, increased treatment compliance from uninsured patients, which is something I know a lot of people are always wanting to do. Get more revenue from your uninsured patients. Is that possible? And finally, turn your hygiene department into a profitable subscription business. So a lot of cool things. And Dave, to get us kicked off, if if you could share your story and and uh, what got you to where you are today, great. Th- thanks, John. Yeah, let me. Uh, I'll try to give you make this brief. Uh, so my actually, I started my career on the uh, on engineering side. I as you graduated with an engineering degree, I worked for a company called Northrop Grumman that does a lot of military uh, electronics and you know all kinds of different things. But I was in their, their surveillance systems uh, group, and we actually created surveillance systems for fighter aircraft. And also, we were the first ones actually to create military drones and surveillance systems for military drones. So it's actually pretty cool. These were things with like 60 or 70 foot wingspans, not the little drones you see running around. They didn't exist when we were doing these things. But anyway, <laughs> spent, my t- spent a few years there. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but decided pretty quickly I wasn't you know that committed to engineering. There were others much more committed. <laughs> and I could see right. that pretty quickly. Uh, and I like doing it, but not not super, you know, into it. So the net was moved on, went into the business side. I worked for Microsoft uh, for about twelve years. Uh, I ran a number of their businesses. I was up in Toronto for a while. I was in DC for a while. Then I settled in the Philadelphia area. But it's some interesting things there. I actually used to meet with Bill Gates and Steve Ballmer, who was the CEO of uh, of Microsoft, and actually played uh, basketball with Steve Ballmer. Um, and did a number of things with those guys and, you know, got great exposure, learned an absolute ton about how you run a business uh, and do it in a good way. Um, and then moved on from there and became CEO of a company called Fitlinks. Nobody ever heard of Fitlinks, but we were doing a lot of wearable devices before anybody knew what those things were. Um, and we actually created the, I wasn't, I used to not be able to talk about this, but the Nike Plus products, if anybody's ever seen those Nike Plus products for tracking runs, that was actually our technology uh, behind those products. Um, but we actually ended up uh, building our own products outside of that for the medical space. So we would create devices that would monitor people from their home. And they were like little patches you could put on your chest and it would monitor your cardiovascular system. Uh, and we partnered with healthcare providers to help people monitor their, their conditions and do something about it real time. So it would send its data through your, your mobile device, phones, things like that. Uh, and give real-time updates on uh, health conditions. And we ended up selling that company in March of 2016. And, uh, and basically what I was trying to do after I sold that company, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. I actually ran into somebody who owned six dental practices. And what they told me sort of shocked me. And I know everybody knows this in the space. You know, I didn't know this when I first started looking uh, at the market, but the net was about 50% of people in the U.S. do not go to the dentist on an annual basis. I was shocked by that number, by yep. the way. 
I thought everybody went to the dentist. Uh, <laughs> and and the other thing, John, it just it was the passion and the depth of anger towards insurance uh, was amazing yeah. to me. That I thought insurers were sort of a partner with dentists and with dental practices, and this person made me very aware that that absolutely is not true, and that they had a lot of trouble, you know, making a profit from uh, insurance plans, and they were dropping them. Uh, and they gave me some of the details around that, but that. What that is, before I go any further, that really intrigued me about what is really going on in the dental market. So I decided to dig in. Well, we're glad you're here. And uh, I, I can tell you this whole, I guess, uh, deep, deep rooted uh, anger is certainly is one of the words. But I just think more or less it's, it's a confusion um, with a lot of practices and patients because there were times, Dave, where I would sit in a practice and I would work with a provider and they would share that this particular patient needed to get all this work done. Maybe not all at once, but it was important to, to, to their health. And to hear the statement, we're only going to do this much because this is what insurance will cover, uh, certainly was never an easy thing to hear. So that's why I'm really excited to have you share more about uh, what you guys are doing at Clear and and all of that and i and i think like you've probably recognized is that dental insurance is certainly different than medical insurance uh, because it's almost like a you know some sort of well, i guess it's just a different type of plan but um if you could as we kind of jump into you know what you guys do at clear but more importantly talking about how membership plans are are different from the typical you know discount dental plans that people are used to yep so I'll, I'll get to yeah all those uh, details and, uh, and share exactly what it would mean to a practice to offer a membership plan versus offering you know whatever accepting insurance and discount plans. Uh, what ended up happening, what I just uh, did was I spent about nine to twelve months after you know talking to this person, digging into the market. And we actually did really detailed market research, and this is important because it really drove what we developed and what we offer. Uh, but we actually did uh, consumer surveys. Uh, we did consumer interviews. We did consumer focus groups. We did same thing on the on the dentist side. So we did dentist focus focus groups, interviews, and uh, and national surveys. And sort of the the net of what came of all of that was what became the genesis of Clear. So what we learned in that market research, again, some some of your listeners may already know a lot of this, but again, it was shocking to me, is that the uh, average dental earnings uh, did not have not changed really in twenty years. So on average, what dentists are making currently today was the same that they were making in 1997. Uh, but the market actually has grown 70% in that time frame. So I had never seen data like that. That absolutely shocked me that that was true. Um, and then um, obviously you, 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 on the insurance side, you start talking to the, the practices and they were just describing a lot of hassles and costs and overhead and low you know, uh, reimbursement fees and you know, denied claims and having to get a pre-approval, uh, just the difficulty and the level of overhead and costs associated with trying to manage those plans. So um, there was obviously a big sort of issue there. And the sort of net, the way I would sort of summarize all of it, and I know your, your listeners already know this, but there was a dependence on something that was very difficult to manage and a very, very difficult to figure out how you get profitable from it. So, uh, and that was, you know, it was, it was there and open and it was very obvious uh, when you did the, when we did the market research. And then what was really, really enlightening and for me, and also something that just became a very po huge positive, when you sit down with patients and consumers 
what you heard from them was they wanted, you know, they wanted more dental care. About 80% of consumers want more dental care. Uh, but the issue they have is that they either fear the cost uh, or they've looked at cost or they don't have a dental plan. Like they, there's this barrier uh, to actually engaging and getting more dental care. And it's typically around cost. A lot of people think it's fear of procedures. It's not. It's fear of cost that drives that. Um, and what they were asking for was, could you figure out a way to get us something that's, you know, a simple dental care plan that's affordable, that's transparent, something I can trust, uh, and it gets rid of all the hassles that are associated with insurance. Uh, and when we surveyed consumers, about 90% said they'd be interested in something like that. And about 50% said they'd be very interested in something like that. So at that point, we knew we had something. And the idea of a clear was to connect the two. So to help dentists figure out a way to create a better business model for the practice while giving patients uh, what they were asking for, which was a simple, affordable, transparent uh, dental care plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to hear that because I think intuitively so many dental professionals across the country, like you said, uh, knew that. I mean, fear always uh, was the typical answer, uh, although maybe not always the correct one to your point mm-hmm. and actually per your study that that's what people were saying. But, but you know, a, a lot of people know, especially in the industry, that it was driven by cost and maybe it was fear, but it was the fear of the cost, like you said, and, uh, and, and all that. So what, uh, yeah. So I mean, talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, you know, what clear is. And like you said, even more in detail about, um, the membership plans and, and, and how they work. Great. So what we did from that, uh, sort of point is we started digging into, we actually started working with practices and taking a look at their data from the, from their practice management software and sort of saying, okay, what's sort of happening in these practices and sort of where are the patients coming from, what type of coverage do they have, and what does the practice sort of get from that? And so we started looking and we started categorizing patients into insured, sort of uncovered, and then also we ran into practices that had membership plans. So let me just talk about the first level of data we would get, which was let's compare your insured patients to your uninsured patients. And what I'd hear from practices all the time is my uninsured patients come in, they pay you know, our full fee, they're my best patients. Uh, I don't want to fool around with that. Like that's, I just want to keep it where it is. And it's my fee-for-service patient base. And you know, they're, they're, they're sort of great. When we really dug into the data, what we saw was those uninsured patients came in about a third to a half amount, the, the amount of times as a, an insured patient came in. So a patient, insured patient came in almost three or four times you know, more times than an uninsured patient. Uh, and when the uninsured patient actually got into the chair, they would accept about half the treatment that an insured patient I would accept. So the net was the insured patients were doing a lot more, coming in a lot more, which makes sense. Uh, right. But there was this assumption at a practice level that their uninsured patient was their best, their best patient base. But the issue was they were just not coming in very often and they weren't getting accepting a lot of treatment. And then what we started doing was taking a look at practices that had membership plans. And these were paper-based plans that you know you've seen you know in a lot of places. And the net was the membership plan patients acted exactly like the insured patients. So they would come in almost the exact amount of times as an insured patient would come in and they would accept almost the exact amount of treatment that an insured patient uh, would accept. But given that the uh, dentist control the fee schedule and take, you know, basically get to keep the subscription that's being paid up by a membership plan, 
the membership plan patient was worth anywhere between 30, 40, even 50% more from a revenue, a net revenue perspective than an insured patient. So that was the aha moment that that was the answer is how do you convert your uninsured patients into membership plan patients? And also how do you convert your sort of poorly insured, you know, uh, uh, patients into membership plan patients. And so what we really target clear to, let me just give you a quick overview of clear. So clear is basically an advanced cloud-based platform, but it makes it really easy for a dentist to design and manage a membership plan that they offer to their patients. Um, and so, and what does the membership plan sort of entail at a real high level? You basically package up re- recall into a subscription. So you get, let's say, and there's various plans. We have about five plans right now on our platform. Let me just describe the you know sort of most straightforward one, which is an adult plan. You get your two cleanings, your two exams, your x-rays. Uh, we even throw in a free problem-focused exam, things like that. Uh, into one package, uh, and basically the patient pays a member or a subscription for that plan. Uh, and let's say it's twenty five dollars a month or thirty dollars a month. Uh, they pay their subscription. They can come and get their cleanings. They don't need to pay anything else for those things. Uh, but they pay up front with a subscription, and the dental practice keeps that subscription. Um, and then what is all another component of the membership plan is a discount off of other treatment. And the discounts could vary. We have some practices that give a 10% discount. Others give 20. We even have some that give 30% discount off of their typical fees. If you're going to get a filling or a crown or whatever. Uh, so the way the patient looks at this is it's a real simple plan. I can use it right away. There's no, you know, annual maximums. There's no, you know, pre-approvals. There's no exclusions. It's, you know, I can, I can, you know, get the care I need. I can get my preventative care and then I can have discounts off of other things. And what we see, you know, going back to the data I shared is now they're, they, they have a plan. They feel like, uh, I, I like to think of it as, you know, they're on the other side of the rope. They're closer mm-hmm. to the practice. They will, they'll come in more often because they're paying a subscription and they will accept treatment when they're sitting in the chair. Um, and that's sort of what drives a membership plan. And as I said, on the other side, the dentist you know, gets to keep that subscription. It's not a premium paid to insure where the insurer keeps it. That subscription is paid to the dentist and they keep that subscription, whether the patient comes in or not. And then, like I said, they accept more treatment, they have more visits and they just do more uh, with the practice through the membership plan. Yeah. And how about, uh, renewal. So are, are most of these members, membership plans, are they, are they annual? And then, and then if that's the case, uh, I'd be very curious on, on the renewal rate, because I would think that it would be a situation where if they were happy and they liked what they got, um, that the renewal rate was pretty high as well. It is. And the key, one of the key components to the plan. So our, the clear platform has multiple components to it. It has one, which is a, what we call the dentist enrollment app, where the dentist sets up their membership plan. It's a very simple, it's a, it's a eight steps, but uh, it walks you through it. You pick and choose what you want to include in the plan. You pick your subscription amount. There's a number of things you can exclude or include. You can you know, decide if you're going to offer annual payments or monthly payments or both. Like It's all set up to make it very easy to set up and, you know, and manage or whatever, launch your plan. Once you launch it, you have what we call the clear portal where the dentist can manage the members. They can see who's bought, you know, what they've paid, what's been deposited in their bank account. They can invite patients to join. It's all cloud-based. It's, it can be run from any device. Uh, and it gives you every tool you need to both set up the plan and manage it. And then on the other side, we have a patient enrollment app where the patient can purchase a plan. It's really simple. It's a three-step process. Patients can complete it in a minute or two. Uh, it's a full modern experience that you would expect. You can do it from any device. 
Uh, you get access to the plan either through a link that the the, uh, uh, the dental practice sends you. You we have something we call a widget that a dental practice can put on their site, and when you click it, you go through the purchase process. Uh, you can also uh, join the we we provide uh, customized sheets that you can put on your front desk. It, all the patient needs to do is scan their phone uh, camera over the sheet, and it will automatically bring up the plan that they can purchase. So make it real easy for a, a patient to purchase the plan, and then once they purchase. They have a member portal where they can manage the plan. So they can see their benefits. They can print out ID cards. Uh, they can see, you know, they can actually look at procedure pricing. They can invite, you know, other people into it. If they, you know, they're really enjoying the plan, they want to invite friends in or family members. They can do that. Uh, but to come back to your 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 uh, sort of point, all of this also includes what we call an auto renew feature, which is you're basically signing up as a member for an annual plan. Um, and depending on how uh, the practice sets it up, you might pay for that plan up front, your full you know, annual up front, or you might pay on a monthly basis. Uh, but you're paying for you're signing up for a year. You commit to the year. When you come up for renewal at the end of the year, basically, we have a feature in the member portal side that says, you know, it's an auto renewal checking, you know, checkbox. Uh, that will automatically renew it for another year. Now, we send notifications to the patient. We just make them aware of the renewals coming up. It's just like any other subscription you might have, whether it be Netflix or right. you know, Amazon Prime and so on. It's just like that. And they can they can opt out. Uh, and they also get notifications that it's coming up and just make sure they want that auto renewal to take place. But what we see with these auto renewal plans is they're 90% plus uh, renewals. Uh, people, you know, typically if they're having a good experience, they're coming in for their care. Uh, they see the value in it and they just auto renew uh, automatically. Yeah, which is nice because, as you know, in a lot of cases with insurance, uh, one would think that there's some guarantees there, but not always, especially as fast as companies or employees are having their programs changed. Uh, some of the larger companies obviously will change things year to year depending on rates that they get. So I think that's what's really cool about this is that once they – both the practice and the patient uh, you know, buy into the value and, and, and they see it firsthand – it really does seem like um, something that could just, you know, continue to, to, you know, for them to roll with, which is, which is encouraging. Absolutely. The, and based on our market research, what we're seeing in the market now is patients are really surprised they can get this type of care and, uh, you know, plan for, let's say, our, our subscriptions range from about $25 a month to $35 a month instead of the typical range. They're really surprised, let's say they're paying $25 a month or $29 a month, that they can get that level of care for that subscription amount. Um, and so if you treat them well, and I always tell that we've had, a, you know, some practices say, well, I get, I'll get the subscription whether they come in or not. And I say, that's true, but you probably won't get the renewal if they don't come in. You, you need to encourage these patients to come in. Uh, right. And for, for a couple of reasons, one, the renewal obviously is part of that. But the other part is that they, once a patient comes in and is in your chair, given that they're part of the membership plan, a much higher probability that they're going to accept more treatment that they need, uh, and you can improve their, you know, obviously their oral health uh, as part of that. So I tell practices over and over again: make sure you treat these patients like VIPs. Make sure you get them into your practice at least twice a year, and make sure they see the value of that that membership plan. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit, Dave, about uh, the office manager for a second. Uh, as as you know, in many cases, they are the ones that are having or uh, have to have these conversations with the patients to 
uh, you know, talk to them about plans like this and, 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 and move them from where they were to kind of understanding all that. What is some of your experience, maybe some, some stories from some of the practices that you guys have worked with and, you know, the office manager in general, uh, and just some of the initial feedback of, of maybe, man, this was easy to implement, or these were some of the questions they got and, you know, curious to hear some of that. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we had office managers at the core of the design of the product and, we know, and obviously this came through with the market research and just talk, sitting down talking with office managers and dentists, uh, we know office managers are overwhelmed with administrative work. Um, and so we decided we are not going to add to that. We're going to see if we can absolutely minimize it and you know get it to the close to zero as possible. So we've done a number of things with the platform and also the support we provide to make that you know, the office manager's job easier. So the first and I think the most important is the, uh, and typically office manager is the one who's on point for the membership plan is the one that we are working with. But we, we have uh, a, a group uh, which, which we call clear success managers and think of them as account managers, but they are assigned to the practice. And from day one, they're there with you and they have all kinds of things they can share, but they're, that you can call them anytime uh, they're a live chat away. If you need them, you know, quickly, you have a quick question, you can email them, whatever, but they're there and they're dedicated to you to help you be successful. They have, uh, they provide uh, all the tools the practice will need and the training needed to get going. And so they bundled up a number of best practices. Uh, they typically like to get the whole office staff uh, on a call uh, and a WebEx to, you know, explain the product and explain how you sell it and give you all the tools you need to do that. So there's a lot of upfront uh, you know, customer support to make sure you get off to the to the right start. And then we have a lot of tools that are also provided on the platform to make the office manager job a lot easier. So, for example, once you sign up, a welcome kit gets shipped to the office. And the welcome kit, kit, kit includes things like a what we call patient information sheet. And it's basically, you know, the typical, you know, sort of stand up you can put it at your front desk that includes a, a handout a patient can take. Uh, and that handout is all customized for your practice. So it has whatever you've called the membership plan and has that on there, whatever plans you're offering, care plans you're offering and the subscription and, and everything you've done is included in that uh, little patient handout. And so you don't need to create any materials. You get all the materials you need. We even include things like buttons and posters and things like that in the kit. Uh, if you want to show, you know, you know, wear a button or, or put a poster in the, uh, in the office. Uh, we also include all the marketing tools you would need if you decide you want to do some marketing, you want to do direct mail, or you want to do email, or you want to do some Google ads. Uh, we have all the tools in there. Again, customized for your practice. Uh, you just download them and you can use them uh, you know, right out of the gate. Uh, we also include uh, the, the platform has something we call the clear widget, which is a little piece of code you can put onto your website. And patients can easily join uh, from your website. And it's all self-service. And that's a key component of the overall uh, platform is we made it, we made it uh, patient self-service. So they can do things like, you know, with the, that patient information sheet I was uh, describing, they can take that, they can scan their phone across it, and it will take them straight to your membership plan where they can sign up. Um, we do things like uh, the uh, door renewals. All that's taken care of through the platform. There's no reason to call a patient or email a patient. The platform sends notifications to the patient, uh, makes them aware that the renewal is coming up, uh, and and make sure that you know that just happens in the background, so you don't have all those messy and time-consuming you know renewal calls uh, at the end of the year. Um, and so the net is we've made it as easy as possible uh, for the office managers to implement and support uh, the program, and then. 
to your, your question around sort of what do we see with the office managers, the, the, we get great feedback from the office managers. They find it's very easy to manage the program. Uh, and they're also what's great and I love about working with office managers is they share the best practices and you know what they're doing to you know make sure the membership plan is successful. And we here's a great example. Uh, one of the office managers who's running a, a very, very, very successful membership plan uh, down in the D.C. area actually will email patients before they come in for their uh, for the recall and basically make them aware of the plan, you know, give them some information about it, send them a link to it. And then when they walk in the office, uh, she has something there ready for them to hand to them, show them, you know, the value of it, talk to them about their you know, personal situation, what, you know, how they're, you know, what type of care they need and how this plan would help them. Uh, they typically will sign up there, but if they don't and they go back to get treatment, then when they come back out, they have another conversation uh, with the patient. So just somebody who really believes in it uh, and is using all the tools we have and being very proactive about having those uh, patient, patient discussions. Yeah, so I'm sitting here thinking um, about all this cool stuff, and the one thing that that hit me, Dave, is that the ability for the practice to design their own plan. So uh, there are certainly so many valuable features uh, that you guys offer, but how interesting has it been for a lot of these practices to actually have the ability to sit back and say, hey, wait a minute. You know, we we have now the ability to to design our own plan because for so many years, right? Some of these practices uh, were at the mercy of what the insurance companies would design, and so talk a little bit about how that how that has been, whether it be you know from the office manager perspective and them designing, the doctor designing, because that to me seems like another really cool aspect of Clear is them being able to do that and and all of the different options it gives them also from a marketing perspective that they may have never even thought about. Oh, you're absolutely right, John. And it's, it's like liberating is the, the word I would use. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, it's really interesting to go through that process with the, uh, with the practice. And what we typically see actually is when they first start engaging with us, they ask us a lot of questions about, well, what would you do or how would you do this? Or how should I do this? And our typical response is what's best for your practice. And they're really surprised by that question. And because, you know, obviously insurers don't ask that question. Um, (laughs) John, we've had situations, just, you know, some funny situations where I've had to sort of just take a step back and say, you know what, this is just a new, whatever, a paradigm for the practices. We've, we had one situation where a patient came in, they bought the membership plan, they came in uh, and the, the, uh, the uh, subscription included a specific uh, x-ray type. And the office manager called us and said, look, this person, they don't really need that x-ray. They need this other x-ray. What should we do? And I said, what would you like to do? And they said, could we just swap it out? I said, absolutely. (laughs) There's zero reason not to do that. I said, what's right for the patient? And it was it was it was in a way funny and and interesting uh, that they had they felt the need to ask me that question. Um, Yeah. And we just keep telling everybody, this is your plan and these are your patients. Do what's right. We've tried to capture everything and we make it real easy to customize and offer the, a, a really nice program and package it in a way that patients are going to like. And, you know, uh, and, and you know, basically, you know, make it real easy for the practice of the patient to connect. But at the end of the day, this is about these are your best patients. Treat them like VIPs. If you have a situation that doesn't quite fit, make it fit and make yeah. it work for your practice. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, when you when you combine this with all of the different tools out there now, to uh, whether it be the marketing tools, uh, which is a lot of you know, in a lot of cases, like you said, you guys have provided for them, and a lot of the other different mediums out there for some of these practices, I. I'd have to imagine, Dave, that sometimes a lot of these practices are sitting there, like you said, and they're like, okay, you know, we wished, we wished, we wished, we wished all these years for these things. And all of a sudden we wake up one day and it's 2018 and we have them like now, now it's like, (laughs) it's a whole different deal. It's like, okay, now we got to figure out actually how to make our own menu of procedures and things like that. And that is, that's the fun part. And I'm sure from your vantage point, you know, spending time at Microsoft and in, in that tech world and then coming over to dentistry, this just has to be really fun for you. I mean, I can see why uh, you're having a good time. (laughs) Oh, it is. I I absolutely love it, John. So the core of my sort of whatever existence from a uh, work perspective, if I go back and trace everything, it's a couple of things. I love applying tech to solve problems and specifically around health. That's what that's my real passion. Uh, The other is I love partnering with other organizations. That's what I did at Microsoft. I basically ran partner organizations for them. Um, and so that's the attitude I brought into this is, uh, and based on the market research, I research, there was two things that really, you know, got my passion going. There was one, you would not believe the sad experiences patients have had with, uh, insurance, with Medicaid, with, you know, all kinds of different things with, you know, dentists that didn't treat them well. Um, and, you know, procedures they've, you know, uh, pushed back and the pain they've had you know, because they pushed back and they didn't feel like they could afford it, even though they didn't know what the pricing really was. And they just, they're, they're in this latent state, a lot of them, where they're just not going to do anything. Uh, and and it's sad because then they describe the pain they're in and the things that they need done and they know they need them done. Uh, so we're, that one is we're trying to create a program that anybody has access to that's really easy and simple and affordable. Um, and by the way, affordable means the, the feedback from the patients was 25 to 35 dollars a month is great. Yeah. <laughs> like that, yeah. I'll pay that. Uh, I don't, I didn't, the, the feedback from them, I didn't think that existed. I thought it was 500 or $600 or $700 a year to get that type of uh, care. Um, so we want to solve that problem. And then the other side was, uh, I mean, people should earn, you know, you know, they should earn for what they do. And I saw, Lots of dentists who worked really hard and did a lot of great work who weren't, in my opinion, getting paid properly uh, for that type of work because somebody was controlling how they got paid. Uh, and they weren't having interactions. The insurers weren't having interactions with these with the dentists. They were just forcing you know, things on them. Uh, and I said, that's, in my opinion, that's just wrong. You know, there's got to be a better way. Uh, so those are my two my, you know, passion around patients getting care they need. At, and making it affordable, dentists getting paid what they should get paid and what they earn, uh, and then just applying technology to help that all happen. Yeah. So here's an off-the-wall question. Uh, the name Clear, uh, what's the story behind that? Yeah, just because I know we're on a podcast, it's spelled K-L-E-E-R is yep. the way we spell it. So the story around that was it was based on all the market research. So the core thing that came out of the market research was, from a dentist perspective, it was a very complicated market, right? And a way of getting reimbursed is very complicated. And you had all these hassles of dealing with insurance that was very, very difficult and costly. And then that was, it was anything but clear, right? right. Uh, and, and, and by the way, John, on the patient side, exactly the same thing. What yep. they were telling us was, it's not 
easy to understand these insurance plans. It's not easy to understand what's included, what's excluded, what I can do. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's expensive and not that that has anything to do with clear, but it's very expensive. And it's something that I feel like I just don't have access to. It's not clear that I can get the care I want in, in an affordable right. way. So it just made all the sense in the world to call it clear because it's clear for the dentist, clear for the patient. And we're just trying to make it really, really easy for the two to connect. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I kind of figured that, but I wanted to ask just in case. I, I, that's <laughs> kind of what I was thinking, right? As, as you get into the the muck in the world of uh, figuring out your statement uh, when it comes to your dental insurance. But uh, so we talked a little bit about membership plans and really the the ability to be able to customize. I'm curious with some of your experience and some of working with the practices. Um, what have you seen, Dave, that maybe makes up a, a successful membership plan, right? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of different ways they can take it. There's creativity in it based on their practice, their procedures, what they're what they're doing. But are you guys starting to see or have you seen uh, what a successful plan looks like? Yeah. So from a design perspective, the platform includes everything that is needed to make it successful. And it, that is, just as a practice, you need to decide certain things. So our market research shows the, like, I'll just give some examples, not all the research we have, but market research shows $29 a month and below is a sweet spot for a subscription. Now, you know, would that apply in New York City? It doesn't, right? So it's going to be higher in New York City. Uh, in, you know, wherever you want to go, Provo, Utah, it's probably lower than that. But the net is, you know, successful membership plans, think about pricing a subscription and sort of there's a sweet spot nationally at about $29 and below a month. Uh, and I would say you know, if you're going to price it at 27, you might as well price it at 29 because it doesn't mean anything to the consumer uh, right. at you know 27 versus 29, things like that. So there's dynamics on the pricing that you need to get right. You know what's included in the plan. You you need a plan that you know uh, is for children. You need a plan for adults. You need a plan for perio patients, and which the pay, the uh, platform all includes. Uh, and you know it needs to include certain things that consumers are interested in. They by the way. Consumers rate preventative care a bit higher than major care in their dental care plans. They know, and it's, I think it's based on all the national whatever media and PR and things like that from uh, various associations, they know preventative care is as important, if not more important, than major care because uh, it prevents the major care uh, need. So uh, it has to have a big preventative care aspect to it that needs to be promoted properly. You know, They want information like the, the handouts that we provide. They want to be able to hold on to something and look at it. And it's got to be professional. It's got to you know build trust. Uh, they want online access. They want to be able to sign up on their own. They don't, we found actually, it's funny, we assumed going in that patients would mostly sign up at the front desk, which obviously would be a problem for the office manager. What we see is most patients actually sign up on their own. And there's a specific reason for that is they're not all that comfortable sharing their credit card information in a public area uh, and just giving a credit card at the front desk when other people are standing around. So, you know, this whole idea of just scan your phone over this, you know, handout, patients love it. Uh, And obviously it keeps the office manager from having the overhead of entering information and things like that. So there's, I could go through probably 50 things like that, that, you know, drives the success, but let me get to the core that is the most important which is commitment from the practice to actually make this a priority. Uh, I, we have you know, lots and lots of practices on our, on our portal, and we can tell pretty quickly which ones are going to be successful and which ones aren't. And it is the dentist is agreed that this is really important to the practice. He's made, he or she has made sure that their whole team is aligned to it, that they, everybody's gone through the training, 
that it's something you talk to every uninsured patient who walks in the door, you talk to them about it. You have the sheets out on the front desk. Like there's a full commitment that this membership plan is the most important thing for this practice, right? This is, these are going to be our best patients. Uh, they're going to be the ones who get the best care. They're going to be the ones who do the most work with us. They're going to come in the most. And this is really important to our practice. So if I had to do one thing to say, how do you make it successful? You just, you, it is a priority for the practice. Right. Yeah. And then when you combine the priority of finding a financial way to help those patients, and then also the team commits to doing that on the clinical side, a lot of times you'll see that, Dave, where uh, there can be some confusion in regards to the back office, the front office, everybody being committed to being excited about wanting to help those patients get healthy. I mean, that would seem like that wouldn't be the case. You're in a dental practice. You mean people wouldn't all the people wouldn't want to see them get healthy. Not necessarily the case. It's the communication piece, like you said, right? It's, uh, you know, one of the hygienists could be super excited and motivated to uh, influence a patient to want to get some work done that needs to get done. And then that patient goes to the front. And if the front team is not as passionate and then obviously that patient, you know, the, the, that you could drop the baton and, and, and therefore they may not get the work done. Same thing with on this financial side, right? I mean, it's that same type of commitment that, 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 that sounds like you're talking about that it's very crucial for them to make sure they all buy into it uh, in order for it to work. I agree, John. The, uh, so there's a commitment on the whatever, a, a belief on the financial side that you know, drives the you know, commitment. But the, the other piece that is really, really important is the oral health and care of the patient uh, and understanding that the membership plan is their best option. It's the lowest, lowest price option for them. It's the most simple for them to manage, gets them the care they want. But the, uh, the and there's no sort of whatever, you know, which I call them obstacles for care that insurance, you know, creates. Uh, and let me give you a small example. And I come, there's all kinds of, but the one example, I was just talking to the dentist the other day. And one thing he loves about the membership plan is he isn't forced to do unnecessary x-rays in order to, you know, you know, suggest treatment to the, right. to the patient. So everybody knows you shouldn't expose your patients to too many x-rays and you need to manage that and only do them when they're really needed. And he had some procedures where the insurer forced them to do x-rays. And he hated it. He just hated it because he knew it wasn't the right thing to do. He didn't need them. Uh, and the net was it was exposing the patient to x-rays that were unneeded. And the only reason he had to do it was to justify to the insurer that treatment was needed. And so that goes away. If you don't believe that the x-rays are needed and it's the right thing to do for the patient, you can go right to the treatment without doing the x-ray. So that's a small one. But it was really important to this dentist. That was one of his main passions around the membership plan is he could do his treatment the way he knew it needed to be done and the right way yeah. to do it. Yeah, that again, that that it's it's almost like a uh, it's like an unintended consequence, but a very good one from this. I think probably a lot of people get into this in an effort to solve the problem of helping the patients pay, and yeah. then the more that time goes on, Dave, they that they step back and they say to themselves, "Wow, I mean, we really can design the way that we want to practice, what we want to offer, what we believe in, what we value in regards to the dentistry, uh, which is a completely." Uh, di uh, additional benefit uh, of what you've created. So, um, yeah. and 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 I will tell you, uh, I, I have been laughed at at times where I have I have said to practices, "What would happen if for two months you did not care if you got one new patient?" Right? Mm -hmm. And you know, people are like, "Shake." Well, what do you mean? You know, we got to get new patients. Got new patients, and then it's uh, you know, it really forces them to to look inward to recognize the millions of dollars of treatment. 
um, that is within you know their own book of patients there in their practice. So I think that's what's so exciting about a program like this is because it's going to provide that window for these practices to to get that dentistry done, which is like you said, it's the oral it's the oral health piece. It's the most important. Oh yeah, and, and John, just say because I know the sort of intro was how do you double your you know whatever increase the value of practice fifty to one hundred percent without adding new patients, and what you just mentioned is, is the core of it, which is the typical pa- typical practice has anywhere between twenty five and thirty percent uninsured patients, and those patients are accepting treatment at about fifty percent of what their insured patients are accepting treatment. So if you do the math, and I won't go through it, I, I, I actually want a whiteboard to show people actually the math, but if you do the math on how much more treatment they accept, uh, and then also that they're paying a subscription, and just to go into subscriptions for just real quickly, uh, when somebody comes to uh, value a business, if it has a subscription component to it, they'll value that subscription component two to five times higher than a non-subscription uh, part of the business. So just for example, an insured patient, right? They'll come in. Uh, there's no guarantee, you know, you do certain work for them. There's no guarantee they're coming back. Uh, and they may go to the competitor down the street or whatever. Their insurance might change. So what a, the way an investor is going to value that is look at that. You know, say they spent, you know, $400, $500 worth of practice. They're going to value that roughly at 70% of revenue. Uh, so you take whatever they, the patient spent and you multiply it by 70%. In a membership plan, if somebody's coming in and paying $300 a year in subscription, plus let's say they get another $200 of treatment in addition to that, an investor will take a look at that $300. And if you have a high renewal rate, let's say it's 90%, they'll take that number and multiply it by two to five X, depending on your practice, the size and profitability of practice and things like that. But let's just use two X, for example. So they'll take that 300, multiply by two, and they'll add the other 200 of treatment and then multiply by 70%. So what you've just done there is double the value of that patient by moving into a membership plan. And I know there's a lot of math behind that, but the net is that membership plan patient is way more valuable than an insurance patient, an uninsured patient, a discount plan patient, because uh, it's the only option under for a patient to be actually paying you a subscription that's guaranteed uh, to come to that practice. So that, that's a real big part of this, you know, high at a, a, a real high level and something that you know, a lot of the dentists and owners of practices are very interested in is increasing the value of that practice without adding a new patient. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. I, uh, I had the, uh, several years back to work for a larger group. And one of my first projects was to visit six of their dental practices and find out where the growth opportunities were. And the first thing that I did was dig into their practice management software and looked at their unscheduled treatment. And, uh, I was blown away. Uh, and then certainly, you know, aggregate that all together and shared with them, I think in about a six month period in about six of their practices, there was close to like, I don't know, six and a half or $7 million worth of unscheduled mm-hmm. dentistry that needed to be done. Yeah. Uh, which as you can imagine, you present that to the leadership team and they're like, holy cow. I mean, in order for us to do that, if all the patients said yes, which we know is not going to happen, but even 25% were. Um, they probably would have had to hire more people, more hygienists, more dental assistants. It really got the conversation started and everybody got really excited about how uh, they could do what they all want to do, which is to help these patients get healthier. So uh, I think that is, to your point, it's just such a cool point about what you guys have done. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's, uh, you, that aligns exactly what we're seeing. Yeah, so uh, I, I have I have a question I, I didn't want to ask in the 
because I was excited to learn about clear, but it's actually about playing basketball with Steve Ballmer. So um, in, in a situation like that, do you, uh, if he's coming through the lane, I mean, do you go, do you go hard? Do you kind of just like maybe let him go to the hoop? I'm, I'm curious. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 I actually made the, I actually made the wrong choice, but let me explain. So he, he, but when I was uh, at, at Microsoft, he was a big guy. He was six foot, six one, probably 250 pounds, something like that. I'm not yeah. small. I'm about six five. And right. I, so he and I played center for opposite teams. Um, and everybody told me going into the game, he's a hack. He wants to win. He's going to go after you. And their suggestion was let him do what he does. And I, <laughs> I, I'm a real competitive guy and there was no way I could allow that to happen. So yeah. we, we start the game. He is punching me. He's elbowing me in all fun, but it was, you I mean, we were having fun, Sure, but he was, yeah. if I'd get the ball and try to take a shot, he'd hack me. I, uh, but my height, you know, advantage was a big deal. And, you know, the net was, I was scoring on him and he would come down and I would block his shot. And the net was, everybody told me there's no way you're lasting at this company. Um, and the net was actually at the, at the end of the game, he came over to me, shook my hand, joked around. He said he loved it. He's like, I didn't expect anybody. He goes, I don't want people backing down. He goes, I don't want people in this company. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he, he really, from that uh, game, actually, you know, he, he remembered me in new meet, you know, meetings we'd have in the future. Or he'd talk about it. Like it became a nice little bonding thing for us. So yeah, it was, uh, I guess, in the, you know, initially I thought I made the wrong choice, but then that was, he wanted people who compete, which, of uh, course. which I, yeah, yeah. which I, uh, <laughs> I was thankful for. Yeah. So, and, and I think, uh, to kind of piggyback on that, I think, uh, just, just because of your, your experience. And like you said, having the, the opportunity to spend a little bit of time, uh, with Bill, I mean, I have to ask, and, and I think this is great for a lot of the dental practices out there because i think a lot of times dave as you know people look at a big company like microsoft and and certainly they look at all the success and how huge they were but they're really i'm sure were some core principles that uh you know bill operated under and and what the company operated under that could probably be very very valuable for a dental practice so i know it's not so much in regards to clear uh but your experience i'm sure and what you learned there uh was super and, and, you know, anything in particular that you learned from Bill that you think, you know, office manager, a dental practice could certainly apply to, to grow in their business? Yeah, it's a great question. So <clears throat> Microsoft, when I just to give a quick, real quick background, I joined Microsoft and it was like about 99. So it was just as they were getting bigger. Uh, I think we were, you know, a billion, two billion, maybe three billion at that point. Uh, and you know, the company was just starting to learn to be a big company because it never acted like a big company. It was always a scrappy company. And even when I was there, even during my uh, you know, tenure there, what became really clear to me is what successful companies do is they worry about the small stuff. They don't let the details go away. And I was amazed that, you know, a $3 billion, $4 billion, $5 billion company would be worried about how much did I spend on my expense report? Or what did I buy on my expense report versus what I might have had differently that might have been lower cost? Or what did you guys do over the last week, a sales group do, you know, from a unit perspective relative to the other 20 territories in the country? They measured everything and they mm -hmm. watched it. And they, you know, the, uh, they always said, you know, um, uh, inspect what you expect. 
So right. inspect, you know, set expectations and then inspect them. Um, and they were incredibly good at that. I mean, just to the incredible amount of detail. There was actually an email that went out. I think it was at Bill's uh, uh, doing, but it was a CFO who sent it out. And the title of the email was Weenies versus Steak. And the and so they're thinking about it. This is a company making billions. The growth curve is unbelievable. They have more money than they know what to do with. And what the, the net of the email was, if you're on a trip and you have two options, one is a hot dog and the other is a steak, choose the hot dog uh, mm-hmm. because it matters. Uh, and so, yeah, the big thing I came back or came out of Microsoft with was with was is just make sure you know what you're doing, have a plan and measure yourself relative to it and be honest about it. You know, yeah. and don't ever get lazy or think you're more than you are because there's somebody lurking around the corner who's going to take your business if you get sloppy. Yeah, that's I mean, that's obviously some great advice. And I think for a lot of dental practices, uh, the the idea of measuring is just starting to kind of take hold. Uh, I, I think that more and more practices are recognizing that understanding uh, their numbers, understanding their data. It's been hard, Dave, right? Just because I think for a lot of years, and, 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 I, and I saw this firsthand where when you're in a uh, working with patients and you're in, you're in the medical field, you know, that obviously is your ultimate vision, which is to be caring. Uh, and, and, and so many people in dentistry uh, just have big hearts. And so that's certainly what they want to do. And that is uh, what makes it so great. It's also in some regards what makes it challenging a lot of times because to your point, uh, even just this this conversation about the uninsured patients and really knowing what is in your practice and how you can help those patients move to the next level by just a couple different decisions and, and really focusing on those details. So uh, very, very good advice. I hope that a lot of the office managers out there and the practices uh, take heed to. Hey, John, just to sort of add a little flavor to that, what I learned, so in the beginning, that felt a little harsh to me when I first got into Microsoft, but what the core of it all was is create a business that is adding value to you know somebody else and make sure that value is being translated to them. So that, you know at the end of the day, how do you get verification? You're creating the right thing is they buy. Um, so let me apply it to a practice. And I've heard this a lot. Of, like a lot of people tell me in their practices, I don't like to sell to patients. I feel like I'm selling, and that's that's not a comfortable thing for me to do. What our market research showed was patients want more care. <laughs> And right. only way they're going to accept more care is if, you know, you call it selling, whatever. But if you make sure they understand the value in it and, you know, say, you know, how easy it can be from a financial perspective and also that they don't need to fear the procedure because X, Y and Z, like it's something the patient wants. That's the hard part to understand in this sort of dynamic is that you're not selling. Right. You're basically giving the patient what they want and they might not mm-hmm. say it. It might be latent. Uh, but be comfortable with that. And will it apply to every patient? No, but based on our market research, we would say 75 or 80% of the patients will actually want to hear that message. Uh, And most of them will buy if you get that message right. So don't feel it's a selling thing or it's something you're doing negatively towards a patient. It's actually something they want. Well, and right along those lines, I mean, I remember a practice uh, in Georgia that I worked at and it was one of the top performing dentists in the whole company. She was amazing. And I remember sitting there with her and she had a very simple philosophy. And that was, was that she looked at her role as a dentist, as a provider, 
she took it so seriously in the sense that she would tell every single patient that when you come in here, I am going to share with you your what's going on in your mouth, what needs to get done, and ultimately you're going to decide if you want to get it done or not. But I am not going to let you leave this practice if I have the ability to at least let you know what I see. That's my job. That's my duty. And, uh, and it was amazing how many patients respected that, how many patients took her lead in regards to getting that dentistry done because she put the line in the sand and she said, you know, this is very important. And at the very least, uh, you need to know this is what my job is, is to inform you of the, the potential issues you could have if you don't get this done. And it was amazing what happened. So, I mean, that's right along with what you said, which is um, you got to if you're passionate about it, they'll do the work. And certainly you're. Uh, your surveys and a lot of the people that you worked with prove that out. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's very freeing when you sort of accept that and internalize that. Like you're just being open and honest, right? At the end of the day, and you're telling the patient what they need. And to your point, they'll make the decision, but don't be shy about letting them know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dave, this has been awesome. Uh, like always, I mean, what's so fun is is learning all of the great stuff out there. And uh, I think also learning what you guys are seeing early on uh, in the history of the company. You guys are doing some great things and certainly really appreciate you sharing some tips for the office managers and, and some things that they could, uh, you know, implement tomorrow. So before we wrap in any last uh, words and or thoughts. Uh, I, no, John, this is great. I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, and I guess the only thing is if they, if anybody wants to learn more, just go up to clear.com. So K L E E R.com. And we have all the information up there. You can even submit a request to get a demo and things like that. So, uh, if there's any other questions, you can, uh, you can get to us that way. Excellent. And now everybody knows how the name clear came about. So we're, so we're, we're clear on that, which is awesome. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dave. Well, thanks for your time. Look forward to seeing the great things you guys are going to do. And, uh, we'll talk to you later. Great. Thanks, John. All right. All right. Take care. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode here on ADOM Radio. Hope you enjoyed our guest today. So a couple quick housekeeping things. For those of you that are new to podcasting or you are new to ADOM Radio, if you have an iPhone, would love to have you visit iTunes and download ADOM Radio Podcast. If you have an Android device, be sure to go out to Google Play and do the same. Great thing about subscribing to a podcast is each episode that we upload will automatically come to your listening device of choice. That way you can go ahead and plug in and and listen, go about your day with all of the great content and speakers that we will have here on ADOM Radio. Also, with each individual episode, you have the ability to leave some feedback. Would love to hear that from you. And certainly, uh, if we have earned it, would love for you to go out there and give us five stars. The way that it works in the podcasting world, the more reviews, the higher ratings, the more that iTunes and Google Play will push these podcasts to the top of the list when people are looking for information in regards to dentistry, office managers, all that good stuff. So we'd love to have you go out, give us five stars, and any reviews, feedback, any particular guests or topic that you think would be beneficial, please let us know. We look at every single one and love to hear your thoughts. And finally, if you want to learn more about ADOM, please be sure to go to dentalmanagers.com. You can find all of the great resources there. If you're a member, ADOM is adding new things all the time, and so there's all kinds of great information there. And if you're not, please learn more about it. 
talk to your office, your doctor, any of your team members, and let them know about ADOM as it is continuing to grow and continuing to add some great resources and empower dental managers all over the country. Also, wanted to let you know about the ADOM conference. If you go to adomconference.com, it is in July in San Antonio. It is filling up quick. Uh, it's going to be another amazing annual event that ADOM has put on with great vendors, great speakers, a lot of great community, and a lot of great information for you, the dental manager. So be sure to check out adomconference.com and learn more about it. With that, have a wonderful week.